Greetings, I'm Jennifer Kennedy, the lead for quality at CHAP, and welcome to this month's CHAPcast. Today I'm talking with an old friend of mine, not that she's old, but we've just been around the block a long time together, uh, Jennifer Hale from Compassus, and we're going to talk about the application of age-friendly care, specifically in hospice care. Hey, Jen, how's it going? It's going great, Jen. How are you? I am doing great as well. And, you know, I know you such a long time, and I'm so thrilled that you're actually walking this journey of age-friendly care at home, and you... You're at the, you know, rubber meets the road period where you're actually doing it and your clinicians are doing it. So, but before we sort of get into the meat of this uh, podcast, could you introduce yourselves to our listeners? Because you've got such a rich history and um, just tell them a little bit about yourself and your role at Compassus. Sure. And I appreciate the invitation and the opportunity to talk with you and your listeners here on the Chapcast. Uh, Jen Hale, I have been a nurse for 30 years. I have been involved in hospice and home care for the last 20 years. And sometimes I cringe when I say <laughs> that out loud. But um, I, I got started in hospice at the bedside taking care of patients. And um, I have had the privilege over the last 20 years to work within uh, NHPCO, within the Georgia Hospice and Palliative Care Organization for some leading hospice companies. And at Compassus, I am the Vice President of Clinical Quality and Standards for our enterprise. So I am involved in quality, uh, our accreditation approach, compliance, policies and procedures, all of those kinds of things for hospice, home health, palliative care, and home infusion therapy. Boy, you've got a lot on your plate there, Jen. <laughs> it's a busy day. <laughs> and you know what? Don't cringe when you say you've been uh, involved in hospice <laughs> for a long time. I, I like to consider us sort of like mavens, if you will. Uh, yes. of, uh, <laughs> I love that. We're hospice, hospice mavens. mavens. That's great. There you go. All right. So I know... Uh, you know, for our listeners, we've presented some podcasts and some webinars about age-friendly care, the concept of it, and um, that we were bringing age-friendly care to home-based care. But here, Jen Hale, you're actually doing it. Um, you were part of our pilot um, to test our age-friendly care at home standards. And you know, when I talked to you initially, you know, I was so impressed with how you've really rolled this out in your organization. And I, I would think, I would hope that our listeners are, are going to be equally impressed. So can you tell us a little bit about um, age-friendly care, how it fits into Compasses and, and um, you know, how'd you bring your clinicians on board for all this? Sure. When we began several years ago, looking at the very best clinical model of care, we started with an understanding that you have to be able to provide standardized care in an individualized way. And that's really what the four M's, which you know are the foundation of age-friendly, is all about. Having that framework so that you can do standardization and still meet that individual patient and family's needs. So we used the four M's many years ago um, in developing our own internal framework that we call care delivery. 
And um, it's, it's simply a way to focus our clinicians on the things that they should pay attention to at every single visit. And we, we took that 4Ms framework and we, we made it much more hospice oriented. So really focusing on rather than uh, mobility, mentation, what matters and uh, medications, we took that instead and shifted it just a little bit so that we could have a sort of a broader conversation around comfort, safety, and quality of life. With the patient's greatest concern, which is really um, today's greatest concern, while quality of life is around what matters. And, and we did that so our clinicians could really embrace that we were asking them to do the care that they always thought they were doing, but in a way that would really meet that patient goal approach. And so as we were working through that, um, and, and we've done some, we've established metrics and we've, you know, done some testing and training and we've really embraced uh, that 4Ms philosophy. When um, I learned about the age-friendly pilot in home care that uh, was available to us, I, I jumped right on it for the opportunity for Compasses to really validate the methodology that we had put in place. You know, Jen, I, I've i been out and about um, in the last, I'd say, month doing some uh, age-friendly care at home presentations. And when I'm talking to hospice uh, providers or hospice clinicians in particular, they're, they're giving me this look like, oh, we already do this, you know? And, um, there, I don't feel like the dots are connecting, uh, when we talk about, uh, whether you're, you know, you're, you're putting it into your language or whether it's in the age friendly care language of the forums. Um, how did you get your clinicians to sort of connect those dots? I, I think that's a really excellent observation. It's a good question. And it wasn't, simple. It didn't happen overnight. So it did take some perseverance with reframing perspective for our clinicians. Nurses, especially, but also social workers, chaplains, aides, that they want to provide care to people and they want to do it in a way that the care is meaningful to those people. And so what we did is we helped them through that perspective and change management processes to understand that what they wanted to do was what they could do if they followed this particular pattern. And so for every clinical visit, um, our nurse performs a medication inventory and then an a true medication reconciliation that includes things like, is this patient on the right medication for their disease process, but also for this time in their trajectory towards death? Is this a medication that is still providing positive benefits? Is this a medication that the patient can still swallow? Just very simple concepts like that. But that's really what uh, that care delivery and or the four M's is about is medications. Is the patient safe with their medications? Do they have enough medications uh, for uh, the next seven days mm -hmm. or whatever the time frame right. is? And when we're talking about mentation, we're looking at 
does the patient have uh, a need for support with anxiety or depression and those kinds of things. So as we began to uh, work through each one of those aspects, really assisted our clinicians to understand that we were not asking them to do anything extra. We were actually asking them to do what they thought they already did, but in a standardized and consistent way that would actually streamline documentation for them and allow them the opportunity to then focus on things like what's important to this patient right now and truly what matters to this patient. What is their one thing that they want us to help them address or achieve or um, reconcile within their own life. And so that was how we did that. We connected for the hospice clinicians that what they thought they were doing was not actually what they were doing. And what we wanted them to do was really what they should be doing uh, and what they wanted to do as well. So it, it, again, took a little bit of time, but it was really all about shifting the perspective instead of focusing on what is the what is the provider, what is the nurse or the social worker doing for or to the patient and inviting that patient to be the actual driver of care. Right. So, you know, that's that's really interesting, uh, you know, for you to frame it in the way of shifting the perspective. And um, I think I think going to one, uh, one session at a conference isn't gonna do it. You know, I think it's, it's a more consistent, um, you know, here's the concept. Now we're gonna do a little bit of training and, you know, it's, it's sort of a warm up to it, um, essentially, because I know people are really steeped, um, in, in their rituals and what they do. And then once they find that, you know, thing that works for them, they think they are giving the best care they possibly can, you know, and don't even think that they could actually do something that doesn't feel like a heavy lift and actually improves care and quality, right? Right. Uh, and I have, a, I have a great example of how we, how we were able to help our clinicians see the value of sort of transitioning from that very traditional perspective of what I, the nurse, am doing for the patient to what does the patient need that I can deliver? Right. Or how is, right, how is the patient receiving the care that I have available? And um, so just a little anecdote, uh, we had a nurse down in, and this was not even the program that was um, certified for age-friendly, but we had a nurse who was um, reviewing a patient's medications and she she was really just sort of going through the motions and this is her story she's you know that she was going through the motions she was checking things off and she had a realization that this patient was having uh, greater difficulty swallowing and this patient was on a bunch of pills that they really couldn't swallow anymore oh, and so she began to ask the patient right and uh, the patient's caregiver you know, you're, you're taking 15 medications here. Um, how many of these are you actually swallowing on a daily basis? And when she asked that question, the patient said, I can only get two pills down. So these other medications that are here, let's really go through these and see, do you still need them? 
are they still appropriate for you? Do we need to change the way that they're provided? Right. Um, right? Let's really take that through. And what she wound up doing was she impacted that patient's uh, clinical outcome because now the patient was taking less medication but still being cared for appropriately and not having any of the potential side effects or risk for adverse effects associated with all those medications that they were prescribed but were not really taking. Uh, and we also help support that patient's quality of life. Yeah, that's where I was going, quality of life. Right, this <laughs> quality of life, right? This patient who, who generally patients feel bad if they can't do all the things that their physician tells them that they're supposed to do. And this nurse validated that, you know what, that's okay. Things change. Let's look at this from your perspective, patient which is really what is at the heart of this age-friendly care. Let's look at this from your perspective and see what it is that we need to change in the environment for you to be here where you are, receive the care where you are, to be comfortable, to be safe, and to have your quality of life needs met. You know, that's like, that's the perfect recipe. That's what we want as an outcome. And, you know, I imagine that your, uh, your locations that are, uh, applying age-friendly care at home, how, how did you go about, um, getting that going? Um, how did you, how did you do the kickoff, if you will? Sure. Um, and this was really neat. We were able to work with our EMR vendor to implement the um, a, a particular care plan program, uh, patient-centered care planning, sort of a pilot with this EMR. And um, we found that we could set up within this patient-centered care plan approach the, the four M's mm-hmm. or our care delivery approach as the foundations for the four care plan types. So we have a care plan section for comfort, we have one for safety, and we have one for quality of life. And then in our assessments, we have built in uh, the processes for asking the patient about their greatest concern and, and those kinds of things. So we've been doing this for a little bit of time. And so when we decided that we wanted to approach the age-friendly certification, we asked the team, how do you feel about being evaluated? against these standards, doing the things that you already do. And so really the the training was about shifting from the old plan of care process to the new plan of care process is really all the training that we had to do. And um, we started with here's what the age-friendly certification standards look like. It's the same way that we prepare our teams for a CHAP survey. We, it's an open book test. We give them the standards uh, and we crosswalk that to here's the way Compasses provides evidence for or meets this particular standard. So we were able to show for our clinicians, you identify this piece related to medication management. You already do this in your medication reconciliation documentation process. And on your care plan, this is where you'll put that goes under safety. And so the, the staff really expressed during our certification um, survey there that, that they didn't feel like this was a burden, that there was really anything different. They had already been doing these things. 
And so the opportunity to be evaluated for certification in this type of care, it it was a point of pride for them because they felt like they didn't have to do anything different. They were being recognized for already providing this level of age-friendly care at home. Do you feel like their um, satisfaction as a clinician has gone up with this care approach? I do. And um, it's it's really amazing when we do just like, you know, every hospice provider, home care provider out there does. We collect um, staff feedback. Uh, we do an annual you know, satisfaction engagement survey, if you will. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the feedback that we get from our clinicians in our hospice space specifically is related to sense of satisfaction with providing clinical care. Um, nobody is satisfied with how much they get paid or with the hours that they have right. to work. But but our clinicians do express that they are satisfied with the opportunities they have to do their job, and they feel like they are prepared for and able to do uh, the job of being a hospice nurse or being a hospice social worker. Well, I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? You've gone to school um, to to be a nurse, be a social worker, etc. You know, and, and you're not just, you're not going to all that school just for it to be a, a job, essentially. You know, you have um, a mission, a vision when you go to school. Um, at least uh, I know I did when I, I went to uh, become a nurse. Um, and, I, you know, you want to you do the best job you possibly can. You know, you want to know that you're helping someone um, achieve their goals. So I, I would imagine uh, if I were two boots on the ground in an organization, I would feel really fulfilled um, with knowing that I've, you know, pushed person-centered care to uh, another level, if you will. I, I think that's a great observation. And um, I, I agree. I The one thing that we hear from nurses a lot in, I, I think, in the, in the entire hospice space altogether is I really want to do nursing. Mm-hmm. And hospice nursing, in my opinion, is the greatest way to be a nurse. Uh, you can do all of the nursey things in hospice and age-friendly care at home, uh, the way that, especially in my opinion, the way that Compasses has uh, evolved that uh, using um, the four M's as the foundation for our own pathways has provided our clinicians an opportunity to really do that to, they can actually see the evidence of the outcomes that they are impacting they, uh, we have reduced calls after hours because our nurses are taking Excellent. the time to actually, yeah, to actually perform those medication reviews. So we're not getting calls about my meds didn't get refilled and that sort of thing. Or, um, you know, pain and symptom management. We're asking a lot more focused patient centered questions, utilizing, uh, specific tools for that. And we're doing follow-up more consistently because it's embedded in our processes. If our patient's not comfortable, we have to keep asking until we find the thing that's going to make them comfortable. And if it's not a physical concern, is it a psychosocial concern? Is it a spiritual concern? And that's embedded all the way through this uh, care delivery approach, which uh, embraces the four M's and age-friendly care at home. I, I have to believe that 
um, it, it's going to take time. But if your patients and families are very engaged with um, shifting the perspective to age-friendly care and, and care planning, you're going to eventually see those CAP scores affected. That, that is our hypothesis. And we have absolutely seen process measures improve. Uh, we're generally, we're at 100% across the board for hospice item set. We do very well in the uh, HCI. And uh, we do have some evidence that supports a positive improvement in uh, the hospice care index based on when we implemented the care delivery approach and the 4M. So that's been positive, but those are all process measures. The outcomes measures are a little bit harder and uh, CAPS, my opinion, not the greatest way to evaluate patient-specific outcomes. Agreed. So we, yeah. So some things that we do um, collect internally are some patient outcomes reporting, such as um, how we manage the patient's pain over the course of their care, not just via the, you know, the HIS, do we manage it here at admission, but how do we do throughout the course of their care from start to finish? And we, uh, we measure that and we measure, um, the patient's report of their uh, level of satisfaction with their pain management through a self-identified threshold for reporting pain. Um, we measure, we do measure things like the impact of uh, polypharmacy and how well are we managing those medications right. for that patient's care. So we, we measure those kinds of things. Um, I, I think there's still a lot of opportunity in our space for developing and truly um, implementing patient reported outcome measures. Oh my gosh, that's a and, whole other podcast, Jen. <laughs> I know. Until we get there, <laughs> until we get there, we have to rely on the caps. Uh, it's just it's difficult to drive appropriate patient outcomes when uh, the caregivers are the ones scoring you. Right. And, you know, all progress, all improvement is good, you yeah. know. Um, it is. It, yes. So that I'm, I'm very glad that you're realizing that. Well, um, I'm going to wrap us up today, and I want to thank you for joining uh, the Chapcast today. Any closing thoughts, you know, any pearls of wisdom, any epiphanies that you would like to share with our listeners today? <laughs> you know, I, um, as I thought about what I really wanted to get across to your listeners here is um, don't be afraid to think differently. Right. And that has really helped us as we move through this journey, uh, thinking things differently. Hospice is very steeped in tradition. And I think that sometimes we get in our own way as um, caregivers and care providers by not really being open to a new perspective. So I challenge your listeners uh, to really think with a different lens, shift your own perspective and see if it doesn't help you see uh, a different way that your patient can receive care. I absolutely agree with that. And as, our, as the population shifts of who our patients are moving forward, we absolutely have to change and be nimble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Jen, thanks so much um, for talking to us about your um, your experience with H-Friendly Care. We're going to keep a, an eye on you guys and have you come back again to let us know how it's going. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. I wish you and all your listeners well. Thanks, Jen. The CHAP team and I thank you for taking time out of your day to plug into our podcast. I know, Jen, I learned a lot today, and thank you for that. And hopefully you out there in podcast land learned a lot, too. Until the next ChapCast, stay safe and well, and thanks for all you do. 